everyone. Welcome back to Queer Time Podcast. This is the third episode of our second season. If you aren't following us yet, check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Links are in the description. In today's episode, guest star Emma joins Maddie on a discussion about questioning one's sexuality. And to top it all off, Zach talks about a new bill introduced in California along with recent studies on conversion therapy. Everybody, this is Maddie. I'm here with Emma today on Queer Time Podcast, and we're going to be talking about questioning. Hello. All right, Emma. So, what's your experience with questioning your identity? Questioning your identity is something that I've definitely had a very long time with because I still don't know and don't care to know what my identity is or is not, which is not a conclusion that many people meet. I've been questioning for a very long time, especially back in like early in middle school when everybody around me assumed that I was gay or assumed that I was straight and told me to my face that I looked like I was a lesbian. But when I originally identified as straight because I considered that to be the default, I had people assume that I was gay based on the way that I look, come up to me and go on a rant about how all straight people are homophobic and all straight people are horrible. So I never really had like a good introduction into the LGBTQ community and what that meant for me. So questioning took a very long time. Do you consider yourself right now to be a part of the LGBTQ community? That's something I consider a lot because I know that I'm probably not straight, but I also don't consider myself to really be in the LGBTQ community. A good example of this is, for anybody who is questioning, is to go watch Dan's coming out video from Dan and Phil. He does a great job of explaining that it's very okay to not find a label for yourself because he just ended up saying, I guess I'm queer, but also not really. And it's like, that's kind of how I feel, but I don't think I would ever consider myself a part of the LGBTQ community, but I'm in a state of privilege to be able to do that. I don't Mm -hmm. have to have a community to hide into, and I'm really lucky to have that. There are definitely people who would love to be in the position I am and just go, I'm me, I can date who I want or be with who I want and not have to think about it, but not everybody has that luxury. A lot of people need other people around them to support them when, you know, they're not supported in other places. I'm definitely lucky to be supported at home and everything else. So obviously you talked about earlier people mislabeling you as being lesbian just based on how you look. Did that ever affect how you saw the LGBTQ community in general? Like did that make you want to distance yourself from the community? Yeah, actually. When I was told these kinds of things, I became very proud of the fact Mm -hmm. that I was the exception to the rule. Because I don't like stereotypes. I think that they're dumb. I think that while a lot of them are based in truth, it's never a good idea to assume that about someone. Now, I will admit, gaydars probably do exist, you can generally tell, but at the same time, you shouldn't assume. Guessing and assuming are two different things, and so when people assumed that I was gay and I was like, actually, no, I'm not, I became kind of proud of that, you know? I was myself, I wasn't a part of either group. And then when I started to question it, and I started to wonder if feelings were platonic or not, it kind of hurts that I had this experience beforehand of people assuming, because suddenly I was no longer the exception to the rule. I was the stereotype at that point. The person who, if I decided I'm gonna identify as this label and come out, then suddenly everybody was right and I was wrong. And that's not very fun. It doesn't Mm. feel great. And even though I never really ended up identifying with any of the labels that are currently in the LGBTQ community, even if I did, 
I would not have wanted to come out, not because I would have faced discrimination, but because everybody around me would have been so overjoyed to hear that mm. I was wrong. Yeah, I definitely get that. Versus your experience with being called lesbian, I've obviously been assumed to be straight several times, which I'm not necessarily going to tell them that they're wrong. I know a lot of ace people have problems with being called essentially straight. Personally, I don't have a problem with that because I'm fine with being straight. I don't see that as something that's bad and that I have to be included within the LGBTQ community. A lot of the time in the LGBTQ community, especially in places like the Bay Area, where everybody's very open and supportive, there is a big pressure on coming out, finding a label for yourself, and not only finding a label, but sticking with it. And that's really hard for young kids, or even older kids, especially older kids, who are trying to figure out their identity or feeling new things or feeling left out because they feel all of this pressure like, what if I think I know a label, you know, I think I might come out as this, but what if it changes later? What if people are mad at me? It's a lot of pressure. And while ideally, you know, there might not be any labels, like that's personally for me ideal, a lot of people are very attached to the labels because they're very attached to the community. It definitely does put a lot of pressure, unhealthy pressure, on a lot of people. I think one of the reasons why people get so attached to labels is because they start seeing their sexuality as something that they can't separate themselves from, that they need to find a label because it'll help further define their personality. Whereas for me, I don't see being ace as something that's essential to me. Like, I could be straight, I could be bi, and still be me. Do you ever feel that way? That's literally 90% of my personality at this point. If you've ever spoken to me, you know that my favorite thing is when someone tries to ask me about my sexuality and I just answer every question with probably. Who knows, really? And it's nice to stop thinking about it because I spent a long Long, long time thinking about it and for a little while when I was seeing a therapist I eventually went and told this therapist you know I don't think I need to find a label I think I'm okay with just not knowing and that didn't settle in right away but when it settled in and when I realized I don't need to find this out now I don't need to find this out ever I can go the rest of my life if I want to and never need to worry about what other people are gonna define me as in this thing and that was really really helpful and I wish that more people realized that they could come to the same conclusion. Because I see a lot of people talking online about how, you know, their labels keep changing or about how, you know, the stuff that we talked about earlier with pressure to find a label. And if more people just realize that it's okay not to know, it's okay to move on with your life, put it on the side, maybe come back to it later, maybe not. It just honestly be better for a lot of people. Not everybody, but definitely a lot of people. Obviously, I took an AP Psych class over the summer and one of the things we talked about was how people are very uncomfortable with the idea of ambiguity. So people like having concrete ideas. The human brain loves solving puzzles. It likes having a straight answer. Ha! Straight answer. Pun not intended. Pun very much so intended. Okay. Pun very much so intended. People like having one answer that they can stick to and I think that also draws into the idea of a label so they can yeah. attach to this label. And yet there is no permanent state of self. We're constantly changing. Labels can change with it, whether or not you have a label can change with it. You know, obviously some things aren't gonna change. Part of the reason I spent so long thinking about it was I drew on my past experiences. I liked this person at this time, but I think I liked this person at this time, but I kissed this person at this time. I tried to use this evidence to find an answer, and one of the things my therapist said was, ignore what happened in the past. How do you feel right now? Because it can change. You could, in theory, have a crush on a girl and think that you're gay 
gay in middle school and then never have a crush on another girl for the rest of your life and you're effectively straight and whatever you choose to identify as whether you choose to take your past experiences and make it a part of your identity today or you choose to let them go and say that you're only straight that's your choice and both of them are correct answers do you think that having your sexuality as being ambiguous people hearing that you're not fully lesbian or fully bi does that affect your relationships with other people it does i've gotten very used to a very small group of people who all know where my stance is on this and have all been like whatever you know i know some other people like one or two that are in the same position as me where we don't really care to find out we're not going to find out for a long time but sometimes i'll see people that i haven't seen in like months and we'll get to know each other again and I'll mention offhandedly something about the LGBTQ community and then they'll just automatically assume that I'm gay. You know, I've had situations where it's like, oh yeah, I don't support this company. Why? Because they're against LGBTQ? No, because they're inhumane or stuff like that. People definitely take little things and then even if you're in a state of ambiguity, we'll continue to assume stuff about you. It's just what people do. Even if you're comfortable not having a label, other people might want to have a label for you. Do you think that society will ever find a way to fully let go of labels no it's always gonna happen you know there's there's no way of getting around it people are always going to find a way to divide themselves because people are very obsessed with the idea of being unique but also not unique at all like think of all the crazy spellings of very basic white names you know what i mean right there's always going to be a way to say i'm special because i'm this it's why not entirely why but why there's a good amount of people who you wouldn't consider to be homophobic who are kind of down for the idea of straight pride because they want to feel special they want to take this label and make them feel special what i was going to say was actually connecting more to your idea of people wanting to be unique but also not unique because i think people really like fitting in but at the same time that means letting go of their pride of being themselves so they have to find a balance within society everybody wants to be the main character but if there's a world full of main characters we'd all die <laughs> there'd be no story you know people when they're young you watch movies you don't identify identify with the lame sidekick. You identify with the cool character that saves the day! And you can honestly relate that to sexuality, gender, race, honestly a lot of different things. Political parties, anything where you can slap a label on yourself, literally even choosing to be vegan or something like that. You're just putting a label on it and saying this is now part of my identity, this is what makes me special. It's like I'm very attached to the idea of not fixing some physical deformities I have because it's something that makes me different. And well, I think logically that that's stupid, emotionally it's something hard to get rid of. Do you have any other comments you want to make? No, I think I basically said everything. The only thing that I will say is one of the hardest things when you're figuring out what your identity is, is past experiences. And no matter how difficult it may feel right now, the idea that you can't let go of something in the past, you're gonna let go of it eventually and it'll be okay. And you can use the fact that you let go of that to move on with your life and your experiences and become more of who you are as a person. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think a lot of people tend to hang on to their past because it's something that's already happened, something that's concrete in time that you can't change. And that gives them some security and something that they can relate to. And although the past may not change, you will still change. The future is still up in the air. Alright, thank you Emma for joining me on Queer Time Podcast. It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you to Maddie and Emma for conducting that wonderful interview. Now let's hear what Zach has to say. The bill's analysis states quite clearly that there is a professional consensus that, quote, being lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender is not a disease, 
disorder, illness, deficiency, or shortcoming. They bring up the statistically high rates of suicide amongst LGBTQ people, especially LGBTQ teens, who are the most likely to be sent to conversion therapy. According to Save.org, LGB youth who come from families that don't accept them are eight times more likely to attempt suicide than from those who have families that do accept them, and LGBTQ youth in general are three times more likely than straight youth to attempt suicide. It is especially high for LGBTQ youth of color and trans youth. Being in an environment, whether it be a household or a community, that does not accept you for who you are can be incredibly detrimental to your mental health. When these youth are sent to conversion therapy, their feelings of alienation in society are furthered, and this can cause significant depression and anxiety. According to Psychology Today, conversion therapy is completely legal in most states in the United States, but that does not mean it's ethical. It can damage the minor's mental health, self-esteem, and relationships with others. There are those out there who say it crosses the line to abuse. More importantly, conversion therapy doesn't work. According to the Human Rights Campaign, there is evidence from the American Psychological Association, the American Academy of Child Adolescent Psychiatry, the American Academy of Pediatrics, among many other reputable sources and organizations that prove that the only effect LGBTQ youth experience from conversion therapy is a decline in their mental health. According to the bill, the state of California has a compelling interest in protecting the physical and psychological well-beings of minors, including LGBTQ youth, and in protecting its minors against exposure to serious harms caused by family rejection and attempts to change sexual orientation or gender identity. Although freedom of religion is an important ideal that we can all agree we should work to uphold, the abuse of LGBTQ minors is not one of those freedoms. Conversion therapy is in fact a violation of the First Amendment right to freedom of expression for LGBTQ teens in their pursuit of happiness. After all, conversion therapy only harms LGBTQ youth. But who does it benefit? Taking it away is not stripping away rights, it's about protecting them. In fact, I'm about to talk about an example of the ineffectiveness of conversion therapy right now. There is a noticeable trend that is beginning to become more apparent with the people found in these conversion therapy organizations and that's that most of them are coming out as LGBTQ. According to the USA Today, this is the case for the notorious Hope for Wholeness organization. One of the founders, McKay Game, has recently come out as LGBTQ and has openly denounced his own organization, saying that it harmed generations of people since it was founded in the 1990s. He was ousted from the organization in 2017 and now describes conversion therapy as, quote, a lie. Regardless of whether conversion therapy worked or not, it is something that we believe should not be practiced on minors. The evidence is too overwhelming for us to ignore and how it damages their well-being and it needs to end. And that's all for today. Thank you for checking out Queer Time Podcast and we'll see you next time here on Scott Center.